This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, Kansas City? Players only here. Thursday night, 6 to 7 p.m. And players only. I am Danon Hughes, the host here, Joe Mays, my partner in crime. Normally he is down at the Leia Center downtown doing his business down there, but we got a guest in the house, two-time Super Bowl champ, was all pro one year, mm. played in three Super Bowls, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> one of the rare defensive players that I actually like. Well, well, well. <laughs> Former second-round pick for the Giants. Now in the house, we got Mark Collins. What's going on, MC? You know what? <laughs> that fantastic introduction. I like Steve Harvey over here. Kind of, sort of. No, no, you're not. No, <laughs> no, no, you're not. Hey, what's up, brother? It's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you being in the house. For everyone out there, first time tuning in, this is Players Only. Each week we're on, just chopping it up. Former players in the studio, no other hosts, just talking about things inside the locker room, on the field, off the field. Everything that involves football, we are here to chat it up about. So we appreciate everybody listening in. And, yeah, Mark, it's good to have you, brother. Well, you know, it's about time you invited me because I, <laughs> I, I was sitting at home just going, man, why come Dana didn't invite me over to <laughs> What's going on? Did hey. I make you mad back when we were teammates? What's going on? Hey man, I still got I still got some scars <laughs> on my arms and my ribs from y'all grabbing me in practice oh, we, and listen. cheating defensive backs, you and Darren Anderson and Hasty and Dale Carter and man, you know, I, I wake yeah. up with twitches in the middle of the night sometimes because of y'all. Because we lit y'all up. That's <laughs> Hey, we're already there. This is the first quarter of the show, and yeah. we're already there talking trash about Marty Schottenheimer's well, practices, one-on-one well, -on -one drills. Because defense, you know, defense, we got to impose our will on offenses. That's what we do. But y'all don't have to cheat. I mean, like, there's rules. Like, you can't well, grab no, 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 the wait, wait, Back up. Back then, there there, there weren't no rules. There wasn't as there, many there rules. Are rules now, so <laughs> we can we can't do the things that we did back then. Yeah, I mean, shoot, y'all get arrested for the stuff now if y'all yeah, was doing it. Yeah, that that's that's assault and battery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here, man. I mean, this is a, obviously a great week. Chiefs won. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things are positive around town. Things are looking up for this organization. Uh, I think it would have changed drastically had we lost another home game, but uh, the Chiefs go out there and get the job done against the Vikings. A lot of people thought the Vikings would kind of rise as the cream of the crop or one of the top three in the NFC, Yeah, and we kind of knocked them down a peg. Well, you know, we were all at the game. Yeah, You know, you were there with your, you were with your son. I was mm -hmm. there with my wife, and we get to see the game. So every week, I like to talk about how we watch the game. You know, because it's different uh, than your general yeah. fan. You know, we see the game in a different lens. You yeah. know what I mean? We like, wa we watch the game 
from another level. Yes. We go internally. Yeah. To watch the and, game. It, and it's not any better. We're not trying to say no. that we're better than any no. general fan or, you know, the people that pay a lot of money to go to the stadium. It's just that our eyes gravitate differently in different parts of the game. I'm like, my eyes go right to the wide receivers, mm -hmm. go to the defense, trying to see if it's man, zone, what kind of combo coverage, mm -hmm. different things like that. While you on the defensive side, I'm sure look at it differently. Yeah, we watch we watch the game in high definition and 3D to a point because different levels, different perspectives. I tend to watch because our seats are they're like in the end zone. Yeah. So from a defensive back perspective, especially a safety, I'm watching formations, line mm -hmm. up, knowing where the weak link is, wondering what a quarterback is going to throw. And more times than not, and my son will tell you this, and the people who sit next to me. I'm about 95% right on the plays. Yeah, yeah. On the plays. But then I, I go in after the, like the, the, after the first drive because I think I start pissing people off. <laughs> I mean, it's like giving the end of a movie. Stop yeah. doing this. I go outside and have a beer. But no, we, it, it's a great, it's, a, it's good to watch a game like that. But, um, but we know the game is, yeah. we know the game. That's what we did for a living. Do you enjoy it? Like, uh, from that perspective, because I think there's people out there, like, when I first retired, uh -huh. I did not really enjoy the game watching it from the stands because and it was a couple of reasons one people recognized me so the fans would scream at me yeah. Danon, how come they didn't do that <laughs> how that guy's that wide open Danon, that's <laughs> stupid blah 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 so then i was i had my son who was like six years old uh -huh. with me and so on so you know there's cussing and everything out there so okay well, we can't sit in the stands <laughs> together like that but then there was just an aspect of frustration because during those times, that's when we had really good offenses, yeah. bad defenses. Then it kind of flipped the script a little bit. And you saw, from our lens, we saw all the weaknesses. We saw all the negatives. Sure. And never really got a chance as a fan to see the positives. I don't know. I mean, do you watch the game? And is there kind of that juggling in your brain about no, that? No, not, not really. I, I, I try to enjoy as much as I can for a good drive or two. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, honestly, you know, the game really doesn't come down to really winning until maybe the last two minutes. That's true. That's when the chess moves happen, mm -hmm. you know, stopping the team on fourth down. If a quarter of a, what kind of play the offense is going to run, that kind of stuff. But that's when the game really happens. But after the first drive, I'm inside, you know, having a few frescas. Yeah. Frescas, that's <laughs> what it is? Yeah. I'm having a few frescas, and, <laughs> you know, walking around, shaking hands, yeah. kissing babies. <laughs> As a Chiefs ambassador, I know we got to make out rounds and smile and take pictures and sign autographs and stuff, but it's a different game day experience, basically. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. It, 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 but don't forget now, when I, when I was, when we were playing, we didn't get a chance to really mingle with the fans. We, yeah. We were for our job. We want to work. But being outside the game, you know, I and I was telling friends this a while ago, when I first tailgated mm -hmm. at Arrowhead, it was in December. Oh, yeah, yeah. Picked a good time. Well, it was what it was. And they had a big old tent, covered tent. Uh -huh. had those big old BTU heaters, heaters. inside. Yeah. Oh, so I said, man, this is, man, this, I could do this all day. <laughs> it was about game time. Then they you stepped outside. They broke it down. Oof. I said, oh, no, no, you guys are silly. <laughs> and I, I had a total different, uh, different respect for the fans. I appreciate them all. But, man, that's tough to do. Well, it was good when you only could show up. You don't have to do the you don't have to do the build up. You don't have to do the breakdown. You just show up and go in the tent and eat and drink <laughs> and then leave and go inside the stadium. Like with the entertain like I'm in entertainment. <laughs> I'm with the band. So <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's a great deal to to go mingle with the fans and 
you know, go chop it up, have a beer with them, and then uh, go inside and watch a game. Yeah, it's a great experience. Yeah. The, the Chiefs do it like no other in regards to involving us former players yeah. and the Chiefs ambassadors and mixing and mingling with fans all around the Chiefs experience around Arrowhead. Uh, we're we're going to actually have a little add-on today in our show. We got the phone lines open at 913-576-7610. That's 913-576-7610. Call in. We also got the text line open, the Protein House Eat With The Purpose text line 69306. So we're going to take on some callers. We're going to answer some text messages. We're going to gonna add on a, a few nuances we, to the show. You go way back. You know, when I was doing radio. We're going to take faxes, when, facsimiles. When I, when I, now I'm, I know I'm old. <laughs> when I was doing radio in Los Angeles, we had the phone line. See, don't, don't forget, when I was doing this stuff, yeah. we didn't have all this internet stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this interweb, yeah, like, like this. Bill Belichick, the interweb. <laughs> we had actual phone calls. People would yeah. dial in. Now, no snap you, face, you, Insta you, chat. Are you doing old school for me, or is this is something just... I didn't want to say that. You know, oh, I mean, since you brought it up. Oh, I mean, oh, I mean, I knew oh. you played right, right after the leather helmets, but I ain't, you know, I didn't want to say nothing. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, but you. So I, I brought up, you know, my experience on the field, yeah. and um, you know, experience on in the stands with my kid. You are in a special situation because you have athletes. Like I have athletes, two two daughter, three daughters that played college sports, a son that played college basketball, and you have sons. One that's playing extremely well at the college level at the same position as mm -hmm. you played. The first thing I wanted to talk to you about you know, in real life stuff is that that kind of situation, that kind of perspective, you being a defensive, you told me is the story about how you tutored your son and when he when the light came on for him and that's when you kind of really went in to teach him the nuts mm -hmm. and bolts of that position. But it's rare that you have a pro athlete, an all-pro, Super Bowl winning uh, player co having a son that plays the same exact position wearing the same number, and all all the, uh, the uh, factors that are involved in that? Well, the, the, the thing I've done with, with Mark, Mark Jr., he's at the University of South Dakota. Coyote, not coyote, coyote. <laughs> and Mark, Marco, my uh, youngest son at Blue Valley North in the second round of the playoffs, what I deal with them is basically uh, don't try to overcoach. Mm -hmm. Let them have their own identity. Let them play. And, and when the minute that Mark Jr., uh, asked me to help him get to the next level as far as starting in varsity. I did not just take him to the field. I took him to the down in the basement, and we studied film. I taught him how to read receiver splits, mm -hmm. uh, recognize formations, because yep. that way you'll find out what a team's trying to do to you yes. before it happens. So I took him from the lowest common denominator all the way to the top to learning technique, and he's he's doing pretty well. So. The essence of that is a great message. Learn the brain stuff before you learn the physical stuff. You're right, because everybody can – Danny, you know this. Everybody yeah. can play. Yeah, everybody can run. Yeah. Everybody can catch. Everybody but can, it's yeah. the mental part that keeps you in the league yes. and for a long period of time. And that's and that goes back to our points about how we watch the game because yeah. I'm watching for tendencies on the Chiefs against their opponents. If a guy's a quick jammer, if he's a shuffler, yeah. if he's tipping, you know, if he's man-to-man -man coverage versus zone coverage – that's how my wheels, fortunately, my brain is still working yeah. to the fact that when I watch the game, I feel like every time they break the huddle, I broke the huddle, 
and I scan the defensive backfield to see, okay, the safeties are at eight yards. You're in game mode. That's what you do. Okay, now how? let me see how, like you say, you're calling plays. I'm thinking about, okay, how would we exploit this, Mm. you know, this tendency? Third down and five and less, this team seems to always blitz. So what will we do? So that's all the stuff. So it's almost it's like a work day, not just the, what oh. we're doing with the mixing and mingling, but it's like it's my, brain, <laughs> my brain is tired after the game because of all that stuff and the way, the lens that we watch the game. And that is what I said earlier, the chess match. Yeah. That's what it is. It's just, it's just one of those things that, you know, that's what we do. We, we, we think things through, uh, the processes. We're always uh, a player two ahead, you know, of, of the average fan watching the game yep and so going back to your sons and and their elevation in the game of football and and like what have you seen from them have you seen something that um like like to me when i when i when i watch my son play basketball mm-hmm. i know the work that he put in and and my daughter is playing volleyball there is a time where i'm watching and i'm like ding I see the I actually see the light come on uh-huh. in their brain like okay yeah. they finally got it so at different times but they finally got what I was trying to instill in them. Well, my my boys, uh, and I, both of them are, are, and I'm not saying this because they're my boys, but they're 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 good they're good boys they're good athletes, uh, but I've always instilled in them to be technically sound. Yeah, be sound because great athletes, your athleticism at some point is going to leave you. But your technique will always be there. You can always fall back on your technique when that speed or an injury comes up. You, you it'll get you by. Uh, they're, 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 the light's been on with them for a while. And here's the best thing about it: they're still wanting to learn. Yeah, they still we still, still go hungry to learn. Yeah, they, they we watch film and uh, we go on the field and do some stuff. But they they're they're pretty sound. So technique wise and fundamentals, they're they're pretty solid. When uh. When we come back, we're going to go to a break, but I want to talk more about just your your idea of this Chiefs team, this defense. We, you know, there's callers out here that are asking about the defense and your breakdown of the defense, and we're definitely going to get that. But there's also the aspect of you being a Super Bowl-winning cornerback on great defenses with guys like Lawrence Taylor and Carl mm-hmm. Banks and having to possibly face this this offense. What would you do? against this offense. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Second quarter here, players only. Got Mark Collins in the studio. I am Danon Hughes, former chief wide receiver. And we're here each week, six to seven, just chopping it up as players. Uh, on the text line from the 816, I missed you. You and Bank need to have a midday slot. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Mid. Midday slot is already taken by some great guys, and I am not interested, <laughs> basically <laughs> interested in that. 913, does Tohia have carbonation in it? It does not. It's a great drink. You can mix it also. I love it personally. You, uh, wait, you can mix it with what? You can you can mix it with anything. I mean. No. What, what? <laughs> you can, hey, don't put uh, words in my mouth. I how would you, I how would you mix it? It's time my personal business. <laughs> Too deep now. See, I, you know, I get back to the show. I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> that it is a great mixer. Okay, we'll leave it there. Nick, Eric, and James <laughs> on the line. We'll get to you guys in a second. But uh, yeah, we were talking about this Chiefs defense, and one way, one thing I want to pick from your brain is, mm. you know, I know when I watch the game, you look at weaknesses, tendencies, 
things we would do to expose maybe this Chiefs defense. But I'm eager to find out from you, a Super Bowl winning cornerback two times, been in the Super Bowl three times, what you see in this offense. Because I also respect your brain in regards to the game, the mental aspect of the game. We played with guys that were just physically better, physically incredible athletes, but – you know, if you ask them why we did something, it went right over their head. Mm-hmm. They just knew how to go yeah. and do. <laughs> but you were more cerebral mm-hmm. on the field. So what's your perspective of a defense against this offense, uh, maybe even particularly your Giants' great defenses and Chiefs' great defenses against this team? Well, of course, you know, you got to throw the rule changes in. Back in the day, and I ain't doing this, but rules were different. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you can jam the receivers. You can hit the quarterback. You can hold ne- us. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. But <laughs> things change. Um, to stop an offense like this, is, it's, it's, it's not impossible. <clears throat> it really isn't. Uh, some teams have done it. So it's, it's not impossible to That's be true. done. But it, it's a tough task, especially you got a quarterback, you got receivers who, are, who can make plays all over the place. That's a tough th- thing to do. But back in the day when you got players or you got a team that doesn't have all the weapons and you can stop one or two guys, you got a good shot. Uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, you got to stop pretty much three or four guys. Yeah, and that's that's tough. That and and tough. it's not one way. It's not like you know what you you hear on TV and maybe even some people on the radio. They talk. You got to do. You got to go man to man. No, you got to blitz Patrick Mahomes. You, no, it's not one way. <laughs> There's no way to one way to beat Tom Brady. We tried it man to man, and he Mm-mm. tore us up and down the field. In the, in the AFC Championship. They try zone. He picks you apart yeah. with spots and option routes. You just got to mix things up. You got to. But once again, you know, if, if there was a way that we could roll back the, the hands of time and, and you could jam receivers, oh yeah, it would be a different a different deal. But that's not coming back. But it's just tough to stop this team. But it can't be done. It's just tough. Let's go to the, to the, to the line. And Nick, he's asking about this defense. Let's go to Nick. Hey, you guys. Um, yeah, you guys sort of alluded to it. You know, the offense seems to be sustainable. Um, there's not really one way to stop the offense. But when it comes to the defense, do you guys think what's what's being seen in the last three weeks against two good teams and one below average team that it's sustainable? That it supersedes what we've seen in the games before that? That it's something that they can't carry through the rest of the year and into the playoffs? Because I think a lot of people are concerned that. Hey, we we have a great offense, but you give up fifty four and forty three, and you know you lose on the last play because of a defensive breakdown to the Chargers last year. Is this something that's sustainable from what we've seen uh, recent vintage of the Chiefs in the last three games? Great question, Nick. Well, Nick, thanks for the call. But I, I tell you what, the defense—I'm I'm still not sold on the defense just yet. And the reason I say this is because I don't think the guys are really bought into the whole scheme yet. Spag scheme. Yeah, I mean, they, there's still there's a little hesitation mm-hmm. in it. Uh, watching from a defensive a defense back perspective, I see the corner, the safeties are playing a little bit too deep. They're not, uh, they're not as aggressive. Yeah. Uh, that little hesitation costs us mm-hmm. some. Uh, Frank Clark on an outside technique, <clears throat> when he's touching the ground on, and, that, and that wide nine technique, a wide nine is a nine technique outside the uh, the tackle. Uh, yeah, it's so wide. He, all he does is rush. When his hands are on the ground, and he rushes. Tackles push him past the quarterback, and the quarterback step up and run past him, mm-hmm. run, run that way, or they run the ball where, he, where underneath he him. Been. Yeah, and that's the problem. I think they should stand him up, 
in a six technique, stand him up, and let him rush like an outside linebacker. Like DT used to. Yeah, and okay. Lawrence Taylor, something like yeah. that. But overall, can it be fixed? Yeah. Everything can be fixed. And they, they got to get it done because this is the part of the season where you got to get it done on defense. Your offense, if they score 24 points, you should win. Yes. You should win. They scored 27 points. You better win. But the close games, you know, you give up if it's 27, 31, 32, you, and then you lose, it's not the offense's fault. But I think the defense, got they got to they gotta get dialed in. They got to they gotta be precise in their, their run coverage, uh, run stoppage, and pass coverage. Yeah, and it's a great point because when you talk about this offense scoring 24 points, right now the defense is giving up 22 points. So they would win those games, which goes to your point. We're playing against a Tennessee Titans team this week that's given up 18 points, almost 19 points a game. So the 24 points on offense, if you if you go by the stats, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you're like me as former players, we really hate stats and sabermetrics and all that other junk, you should win the game. This this To me, this defense is getting better. Um, I think it was, I wouldn't say irresponsible, but maybe outside of conventional thinking to think that game one, this Chiefs defense with a new defensive coordinator, a couple of new big-time players added on with no full-speed practices, nine-on-sevens, live drills yeah. like we used to have, that game one they would be a middle of the road defense yeah. that we were begging for. Yeah, no, but but Dana, this is week nine. That's what I'm saying. But then, we're going then, back three yeah, weeks now. Yeah, I'm so like, week on, six. Man. Here's my here's my here's my only pet peeve with the defense. Okay. Whenever a team start going for it on going for it on fourth down consecutive times, they don't respect you. They don't respect you. And even when they can kick a field goal, they're going for it. Now do you think that that is it now do you think that that is indicative of what they think about the defense? Yes. Or do you think no. that it's about the offense full knowing stop. that? No, full stop. <laughs> no. It's disrespectful to a defense when the team's going for it. Now, if you go for it on fourth down because you have to, because yeah. you're behind, mm-hmm. different story. Now, from a from an offensive mindset, I understand that, and I do agree with it, but I also think that if we had a middle-of-the-road 15th to 18th-ranked offense, those, de- those decisions may okay. not be the same. Okay, I'll give you a point. Last week, last two weeks, well, let's go, I won't go that far back. Last week, the Minnesota Vikings had the ball, I think, on a 12-yard line of fourth and one or two. Mm-hmm. They could have kicked a field goal. They went for it. Got the first down. Didn't get the touchdown, got the first down. Yeah. That's that's disrespectful. Well, I, yeah, I would okay. take that as a defensive right. play, yeah. The Titans... Uh, t- uh, uh, Houston, Texas did that a week before, two weeks before. So you're saying they see a tendency, oh, they, see, yeah. they see a weakness, they're they see going, a chicken armor. We could kick the field goal, and I mean, we could go for the fourth down, and you can't do nothing about it. And they got it. And they, and as for, so, if you are a part of this defense, oh, you're taking that personal. Yes, you have to, and that should resonate amongst the team. Absolutely, that's how that's how it works. I mean, we 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 get paid to stop people. Yeah. And when somebody goes on, go for it on fourth down, you stop a team on fourth down, that's like a turnover. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I said it last week. I said, defense, you guys like to play football, but you'd rather not be out there for 12-play drives. Oh, no. You'd no, like to no, be no, six no, no, plays no. maybe. While offense, we'd love to be. That's <laughs> our job. We appreciate it. That's our job. And that's what, <laughs> hey, back in the 90s, we really appreciated when y'all got it done. Uh, we got the uh, text line. Protein House, eat with the purpose, text line 69306. We 
also got the call on line, 913-576-7610. From the text line, 816, guys, as former players, what do you think about the Antonio Brown saga? We could have a whole show, no, a four-hour <laughs> to talk about Antonio Brown. Personally, in a nutshell, I think there's something wrong upstairs. I think yeah. there's something that he has some issues mentally that force him to, I don't want to say it's bipolar or whatever, but I just see it's, you know, dark and light, dark and light, yeah. and there's a switch every single day where he's so high and so low, and it's unfortunate because well, he's a great talent. Oh, he is, but you know what? He, he had these same issues in college. Yeah. And teams knew that. And one thing I always say, and I, I stand by it, money doesn't change people. It, it exposes it who exposes, you really are. Yep, that's right. He's always been that way. So this should be no surprise to the people who drafted him and who signed him and then re-signed him. He is who he is. Now, it's unfortunate that this 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 man and uh said that he wouldn't play in the NFL, but yet I read today, Dana, that he wants to talk to the NFL to try to get back in. The sad part about that is the money this man lost. Twenty one guaranteed. Guaranteed. And, yeah. And and you know, shoot, man. That's 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 he he and he, he thinks that's that's nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. There's not I will say this. To my knowledge, there's not one player in any sport that did not live to regret some of the decisions they made that cost them money. Off the field. All, yeah, yeah. Some of the decisions they made off the field yeah. or or maybe thinking that they were bigger than the yeah. game, bigger than the team, that 10 years down the road, 20 years afterwards, <laughs> they, they did not live to regret. It's part of the growing process. It's part of the maturation process. Everybody goes through it, whether you're working for Cerner or Sprint yeah. or you're working for uh, in the NFL or professional athletics. Yeah, well, you know, he, he's uh, – I think he's going to be – he's trying to get back into the league. I know he is, so I wish him well. I really do. All right, we got one more text. Guy from the 785, if the defense continues to trend in this direction, what's the one thing this town could improve upon the most? This Ooh. town. Ooh. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about the town. The town is great. Yeah, the town's fine. <laughs> the the fans are great. Is the defense got to worry about Defense has got to shake it up. Yeah, turn, that, turn it up a little bit. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right. We still got a couple of guys on the line. Hold tight. When we come back from halftime, we're going to talk about shutdown corners. The, the phenomenon around the NFL and around this team, we actually gave one away in Marcus Peters. I want to hear what Mark has to say about shutdown corners and defensive guys that can be that kind of impact players for a team. Halftime's over. We're back. Players only. Mark Collins, two-time Super Bowl champ. First team All-Pro in 1989. Played with four different teams. Uh, outstanding career, and I am Danon Hughes. He was uh, used to abuse me in practice. That's, no, that's my claim of fame. Nah, Thanks no. a lot. I was just doing my I'm job. I'm scarred for life. Just doing my job. Let's go to the phones. We got Eric. Wants to talk about the run game. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank What's going you on, so Eric? much for doing this show. Honestly, you, you guys need to open up like a 24-hour hotline. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions or have you ever tried to get information off the internet about um, contracts and um, franchise tags and stuff? It, it is a runaround. Yes. So you guys need to get some kind of information out to people for that. I want to really talk about the offensive line, and I'm I'm really proud that Andy Reid finally tones it down a little bit for Matt Moore, and it shows us, I think, the path for the rest of the year. 
because I've always believed that if offensive linemen get to get out in the beginning, run the ball, determine where they want to go, you know, of course, defensive, you guys are going to do what you do, um, but the offensive guys have to determine their strength and, and, and summons up the power to push them then back and, and not be pushed back. And running the ball, I feel like, is just so important to the mental stability of the line. Is there any truth to that? Great call. Great question. Thanks, Eric. I will say this. Normally speaking, and for years, probably decades, offensive linemen, they come to the stadium hungry, mm-hmm. salivating at the run-blocking opportunity to move bodies, push people away, impose their will, and wanting to establish that up front. But here's my concern. In this day and age, with this generation of athletes coming from the run, the, not the run and shoot. But RPO. The, the, yeah, the RPOs yeah. in college, the spread offenses. I wonder, and I'm not, I'm not an authority on it, but I wonder if the same hunger is there to move people at will or if they have been so programmed to protect the quarterback, passing game is is the optimum part of the game now, and my run, my pass sets, and my you know slides and all of mm-hmm. that stuff is now at the forefront of their brain versus the run, attack, 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 push, knockdown, pancake, blah blah blah. Well, that's a great point, but I I I would think, and from a defensive perspective, going from a corner playing mm-hmm. man. Then zone. Yeah. You got to do both. True. Offensive linemen should have the same mentality. The easiest, the easiest thing on defense to play for a corner is zone. Yeah. Right. Uh, you just get to yeah. you get to watch everything. Sit back. Sit back. Yeah. The easiest thing for offensive linemen to do is the run block. That's what I'm saying. I That's know, true. But maybe they've been conditioned not to do that, and I get it. But they still got to do both. You got yeah. it because as a defensive player, one of the most demoralizing thing to have us on defense. Yes, I know where you're going. It's when they just run the ball down your throat. Yep. And that clock keeps running, and there ain't squat you can, you can do. do about yeah. it. And then the offensive linemen, they get up, start flexing their muscles and go back to the huddle, yep. and the same thing. Go, you go, dang. That's the great part of the game. I know a lot of fans probably don't like the four-minute part of the game. It's ugly. But I love it. Yeah, yeah well, it's ugly. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. But you know we're gonna run. You know you gotta stop it, and you can't stop it in four minutes. We got we're up by four points. We need to hold on to the ball. We need to move the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the stadium knows we're gonna run, and the defense can't stop. Yep. To me, that's probably more the more fun part of the game than any other part. And it was a great call. I mean, he he, he made a point. I mean, I, I like that Andy is, is trying to establish the run a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Take some time off the clock. Give the defense a little rest, and then uh, just let the offensive lineman do the simplest thing that they could do. Is run block. Get your guy. It's mano y mano. Move the pile and keep it going. All right. We got James on the phones. James, he wants to say something specifically to you. There's something I can't speak to in going from transitioning from a corner to a safety. Go ahead, James. Uh, how you guys doing? Um, I'm really thankful to have an opportunity to ask Mark about this. Um, Mark, if I remember correctly, you know, your time before Kansas City was pretty much all at corner and then was your first year at safety when you joined KC, or maybe it was a little before. But here's my thing. We don't see that happening nearly as much anymore. Um, we've seen a lot of great players do it. Uh, you're a two-time 
Super Bowl champ and all pro at corner, and then you finished at free, mm-hmm. at free safety. Uh, Ronnie Lott was corner to safety, although I think he did it much earlier in his career. Yeah. Um, Rod Woodson was corner to safety. He did it much later in his career and extended you know, his time. But we don't see that happen so much. Um, to give a recent name, there was a guy I really thought when the Andy Reid era started, uh, Brandon Flowers. Mm-hmm. I really would have loved to see Brandon Flowers go from, from corner to safety instead. You know, the Chiefs went a different direction. He moved on, et cetera. But is it just because it's become such a such a speedy position in today's offense that that doesn't happen so much? Uh, I think we're getting great cornerback or, I'm sorry, great safety play right now uh, with, you know, the Honey Badger and, and then the, the rookie who we don't see him a lot. And mm-hmm. That's because he's doing a great job out there. That's a good but thing. I, I'm curious <laughs> about why we don't see that transition nearly as often as we uh, we did before. Well, you know, that, that's a great question. Great this, question. This is something I spoke on before. I think there's only five or six guys who's ever done, made that transition from corner to safety. If you think about this, and I'm not trying to be braggadocious, yeah. not a lot of guys can do it for the simple reason being a corner, left or right corner, you're so used to that sideline as your friend. Yeah, true. When you go to the middle of the field, some of the guys feel exposed. I mean, Deion Sanders couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Green couldn't do it. Uh, Aeneas Williams couldn't do it. These are Hall That's of Famers. Point, yeah. Can't do it. Guys, I, I did it. Everson Walls did it. Rod Woodson did it. Uh, Charles, Ronnie Wilson. Lott, Ch- Charles Wilson did it. So Ronnie Lott, yep. not very many people could do it, but it's a mindset. It's, it's where – and those guys – I, I mentioned earlier, fantastic players, no doubt about it. But sometimes, once you get used to that sideline being there, you move inside, you get lost. Yeah, and it, it takes us too much space. Yeah, and they they just can't do it. And and I will also say that you also have to be willing to hit. You better know how to so tackle. That was a, yeah, that was yeah. that was an attribute for you. You were a physical corner, so the transition was a little bit easier. Not easy, but it was a little bit easier because you were willing to stick your head in yeah, the mix. Yeah, I, I, I'll stick my face in the fa- my face my face in the fan. But I, but I, but moving to safety, strong or free, especially the free safety, you better know what the hell you're doing back there. You better be smart because you got to know where the lineup, where the mismatches are, uh, reading formations, putting people in the right in the right uh, coverages. Yeah, because you're the quarterback back there. Yeah. One more call. We got Ryan and OP. He wants to talk about. Just Jones's comments on filling the stadium. Uh, I, earlier this week, I guess there was a comment from Chris Jones yeah. that he saw too much purple out there. I, yeah, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, first off, I wanted to ask, uh, I guess, two parts. One, your thoughts on uh, Sharkendrick Ward and how he's playing this year. And then, uh, yeah, Chris Jones made a comment about he doesn't want uh, Chiefs Kingdom to sell their tickets any longer and make a uh, full presence out there as opposed to seeing – you know, have to see a purple or something out there. Well, I, I think Ward is doing pretty well. He's doing all right. He, yeah. He's he's okay. I'm not I'm, I, I'm not going to bag on him. He he's doing the best he can, and, and he's having a, a decent year so far. I like him. He'll he'll only get better. Yeah. Uh, you go ahead. Daniel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Charvarius Ward to me, the biggest issue that I I had with him last year mm-hmm. and some of this year is that he very rarely looked back at the ball. Well, he because he's still in panic mode. Yeah, times. a little he, bit panic. He hasn't really. Bought into the into the uh, the position. Mm-hmm. The, I, I, see, I would love to work with with him. Yeah, because I'll teach him after a certain amount of yards. Because a lot back. of time, and to your point, he's there. Yeah, he's he's, he's in he's good there. position. Yeah. He just doesn't, like you said, the confidence to no. say to recognize that I am in as good a position as I could possibly be. Let me turn my head yeah. around just a little bit. Most of those pass interferences last year by our corners 
most of them, they weren't in bad position. They, they weren't beat. They, they panicked. Just, they just panicked. I know. I, I saw it all the time. I saw it. But, you know. Which we love as wide receivers. Well, I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I want to go to a point in regards to shutdown corners. We're talking about Charvarius Ward. He's not a shutdown corner. But there are a couple in the league. Patrick Peterson, you can, you know, you can, you can yeah. go through the list and see guys, not necessarily to the, to the extent of what we used to know yeah. as shutdown corners yeah. back in the day. But we had one where I thought, yeah, he was a handful. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a coin toss and good plays versus bad plays. But very rarely did people test his side of the field in Marcus Peters, and we gave him away. Is it necessary for a good defense? To have a shutdown guy. Well, I, I think I think you should have some quality defensive backs, especially at the corner position. Uh, a shutdown guy, honestly, you you won't see that anymore. Because of the rules? No, yeah, the rules. Yeah. It's just different. It's yeah. just it's just totally different. Marcus Peters was a great corner. Don't get me wrong, but as I tell my sons and anybody who's willing to listen to me, whenever your off the field antics supersede supersede your on field <laughs> potential, the the decision, a business decision, will be made. Yeah, it's a business when it's all said and done. It is. This is what it is, and, and and that's what happened. So, can he play? Yeah, you know, did he go to the Rams to get exposed? Yeah, he got exposed mm-hmm. to the Rams. Is he with the Rams now? No. <laughs> so it's all it's all part of the package, right? It, so you know, <laughs> uh, the, the foresight was was there with the Chiefs. <laughs> but back to the, the question of, about uh, Jones said about the uh, the, the, fans, the, the fans. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've never seen so much purple. In my life, mm-hmm. except when I saw so much green and gold the week before. before yeah, that was that was pretty humiliating. I was like, what's but, going on here? But I won. I mean, obviously now with you go on online and buy tickets yeah. from other people, the weather's getting a little chilly, and you have two teams that only would only come here possibly once every well, four years. I get, years. I get that, Jada. Well, I'm just saying, man. It's just, it's just. Hey, we got fans here who dying to go to a game. Buy the damn tickets. tickets yeah. I mean, just because Patrick Mahomes isn't playing, don't that's what the key home. was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, if Patrick Mahomes is still oh, playing, no. if you got Patrick Mahomes going against Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes going against Kirk Cousins, there's more red in the stands than green or purple. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I was still, I was, I was a little perturbed after my second fresca. <laughs> so fresca. Hey, when we come back, we're going to go into the fourth quarter. We're going to talk about this team. Is it a Super Bowl team? If not. Why, if it is, how, and also get a Chiefs-Titans preview. Fourth quarter, four fingers in the air. We got Mark Collins in studio. I am Danon Hughes, players only, each week on Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. We got the phone lines, text line, the Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. We got... 913 from the 913, no more jamming at the line like before. Uh, one from the 913, it's true, way too much purple. It was disappointing. So people in, in line with your mindset, yeah, well, it was a little disappointing. It was. It was. It felt like a Viking uh, home game. Ooh. It did. It really did. <laughs> it, it, it did. It, it did? Yeah. Right. Hey, so before we went to break, we were talking about a Super Bowl. Obviously, to me, mm. this team... Because of where they went last year, because you have the reigning MVP, mm-hmm. it's Super Bowl or bust. There's no, there's no position that I believe that fans in Kansas City will be okay with. You're twisting my arm. Uh, stop <laughs> but it. But you've been on two Super Bowl. You've been on three Super Bowl teams. Won two Super Bowls. 
Can this team get there? And if so, how? If not, why? I, I, you know what? I'm a. I gotta think about this. Well, not really. <laughs> here, here, here's my mindset. When on the teams that we were, when I was on, we just try to focus on winning the division. Okay, mm-hmm. win your division first, then go for the conference. After that, if the Super Bowl says there. So many times people put the pressure. They think, oh, this is a Super Bowl team. What what does a Super Bowl team look like? True. I mean, think about it. You, you don't know. I you mean, don't know. You can start and look at the Patriots. They went, what, 16-0 and 0 or 15-1 and 1 and lost to the Giants, who were 9-7 and 7 that year. Mm-hmm. So you never know. The, if the team gels well, get healthy and get a good run and got momentum to the playoffs, then you start thinking, oh, they got a shot, mm-hmm. at least a shot. But I, I just I just try to push back on people who are talking about Super Bowl or bust. Now, don't forget, this is the first time in Kansas City history they drafted a, t- a quarterback that they can really say, hey, you know what? We got a shot at the end. That's true. That's never happened before. So I would just enjoy the rides. Hopefully this young man stays healthy for the next 10, 15 years. But, it, it's I mean, it's easier said than done to enjoy the ride because – you know what they're capable of. You know well, where they've been. Now, if there were people were talking about Super Bowl bus last year before the season, uh-huh. then I would say just enjoy the ride. We got a new quarterback. Who knows how it's going to unfold? But you get to basically like Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, Brett Veach has said, and I quote, "We were four inches away from a Super Bowl." Okay, basically referencing D Ford being offsides. Well, that's that's the that's the long lasting taste that's in. I got it, mind. and I and I bet you the Miami Dolphins said the same thing with Dan Marino was in the Super Bowl his that's first true. year. Yeah. Oh, we, next year, next year, it never happens. Enjoy the ride while you got it. I would say this. In the next, in, from now, mm-hmm. even last year to next next four or five years, Kansas City has a tremendous window of opportunity to go to multiple championship games. Yep. If the health is still there. If everything falls on. Oh, yeah, the nucleus is there. It's perfect. So, Chiefs got the Titans this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's obviously a winnable game, but the Titans are no pushover. No, I mean, that NFC South, you can yeah. you can knock it all you want, but we lost to two teams from the NFC South mm-hmm. already. And the so Titans. The blueprint is already set. Yeah. So, so you know. they, they're going to follow suit. Yeah. And the Titans' defense is probably better than at least three of two of them. Uh, specifically, and, you know, Mike Vrabel, he's got that team playing well with a backup quarterback. They're playing winnable football. Uh, So for the mindset of that this is a game that we can breeze through because of how we played these last couple weeks, to me, is foreign. This is going to be a tough game. This, this, to me, uh, whether Patrick Mahomes plays or Matt Moore plays, it's going to be a tough game. Well, if if the Chiefs could get up fast on them, Mm -hmm. I mean, 14 points fast. It's a different deal because now you're going to force Tannehill to do something he's not used to doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because right now they're, they're 26th in the NFL yeah. in yards per game. They're, they're pretty much at the bottom in most of the offensive categories. So you're right. If yeah. you can get ahead of them by 14 quick, points quick. You got a good shot to, to, to kind of blow them out. But if it's close, you know, I know Mike Vrabel very well. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna play the game smartly. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to uh, take the air out of the ball and, and just going to try to milk it all the way down and, you know, make it uh, the, the team with the ball last wins. And, and let's face it, Tennessee has had our number. The last three times we played them, they've beaten us. And so confidence is on their yeah, side. Two of those three have been here. Actually, all three of them have been here in Kansas City. So oh. we're going down there. Hopefully we can flip the script. But 
it's not going to be any kind of pushover. I think this is a game where uh, they know the recipe to win. Mm-hmm. There's There's been a few games I've referenced with the Ravens earlier, even Jacksonville, um, early in the season where the, the, the opponents got away from their game plan uh-huh. and allowed the Chiefs to win. Not that we weren't better than them, but you had Lamar Jackson throw 52 times yeah. when they could have run the ball just like the Colts did, just like the Texans yeah. did, just yeah. like the Lions did, yeah. even though we beat the Lions. So there's a recipe out there that teams are going to employ against this Chiefs team. We just have to step up to the challenge. I like the the uptick that our defense is headed. Uh, there's still a ways to go. Got to maintain it, though, Dan. But they got to maintain it. Yes. You got to do it because this is the time of year where defense has got to rise up to the occasion to stop people. Yeah. And, and they got a big running back. So Derrick oh, Henry's yeah, there. Yeah. And, and you know, like I do, and um, you've been a part of it. You have a big running back. They like running in the first and second quarter, but they love running in the fourth quarter because they're banking on the fact you that you down. guys are tired yep. of hitting them at 230, 240 this pounds. This is true. Yes, so that's it. We got players only. Thanks a lot for all the calls, all the texts. We did not get to all the texts, but I appreciate you, Mark, coming in. Anytime, it's brother. good to have – this is not very rarely said on this show, it is good to have a defensive player <laughs> in studio. But I appreciate you, brother, and we'll be back next week. Players only next Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. here on 610 Sports. Joe will be back in the house, and we'll have another guest indeed. Thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.